is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting from the foggy forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where I'm making sure the local chiropractor stays in business. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from the always or almost always rainy Cascade Locks, Oregon, I'm Andrew Hoffman. There you go. There you go. Yeah, it's almost always rainy here as well, my friend. There's snow on the hills, but it, it didn't make it all the way down. That's too bad. Yeah. Well, I uh, went to the old uh, skate park this, today with my uh, son. Continued on that insane endeavor. So mm-hmm. I'm a little bit sore. Uh, Is that why you're going to be going to the chiropractor? Yeah, keeping the chiropractor in uh, in business <laughs> on my own. Just just holding it down for him. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. yeah. Tailbone. You... Uh, Fall on the concrete on your tailbone, and uh, surprise, surprise, it hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh well, he's trying. To, he's getting me out. You know, he's four years old. He's getting me out of the house, getting me to go do stuff. I got to find some stuff to do with him. So it's fun. I, I, I had a blast. So good for him. Good for me. Good. It's good to get outside too. Get some fresh air. Yeah. This whole quarantine yeah. thing. All these people stuck inside. Half the people, not half, a few people at the skate park wearing masks while at the skate. It's like, what are you doing? Just Yeah. <laughs> uh, my daughter's uh, seven. She'll be turning eight before Little League season. So she'll be doing softball now. Okay. And so she's been, you know, we've been out playing softball. So I'm working on my my pitching skills but yesterday it's it was about 40 degrees and alternating back and forth between pouring rain and just kind of drizzling rain mm-hmm. um, and windy like considerably windy and she was like dead set like hey you said we could go like you were gonna pitch to me and i want to do some hitting so we did it and uh at the end, usually she's like begging for to keep playing, you know. Right. And this time she's like, "Okay, that's it." And, it, yeah, and then I I got the story out of her. There was some, you know, you you hit it a little wrong when you're um, hit the ball a little wrong when it's forty degrees out. It it wasn't too pleasant, but she oh. she was a trooper. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I don't know how our neighbors feel about her uh, in our tiny little backyard, um, you know, tennis ball, tennis racket, banging the ball against their fence. But I, I haven't had any complaints yet. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you got to get outside. That's you know, that's another another criminal thing about this whole uh, endeavor mm-hmm. of, uh, of the old coronavirus is like. How often do you hear people on the news, you know, supposed health people, Fauci and others, say things like, get outside, you know, 
Get some vitamin oh, D. Get, take yeah. vitamins. Get some vitamin C. Get some vitamin D. You know, get yourself out there. Never hear that. Never hear that. So, kind of weird. Try to do a little bit of hiking, not every day, but almost every day around here. It's a fortunate that, uh, you know, hiking and golf are my two things. And for sure, both for of sure. those haven't really been shut down. So. Yeah. I like to tell people golf, one of the only uh, sports completely not affected. Yeah. By uh, the old coronavirus. Six feet apart, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are in, in the household and you can call that a day. Yeah. Well, well, you want to start things off with a weird Bill Gates video? Oh, dude. I, I mean, when I woke up this morning, my first, <laughs> thought, my first thought was, is there a that's way? What, I mean, that's what the people want, right? Isn't it what the people want? Yeah. So if you click on that top thing and then about, you know, partway down the page, there's a Bill Gates tweet. Okay. Tweet on them Twitters. Yep. Twatters. Oh, here we go. When it comes to preventing pandemics, scientific tools aren't enough. Yes. Oh, the oh, that's, that seems like a normal thing to say. Yeah. And some of this is lost. Uh, people, if they haven't seen it, should go watch it because some of the creepiness um, is only fully appreciated if you're seeing what he's doing. But Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he, is, he is America's creepy grandpa. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's really... Hey, all right. hey what do you know? He's wearing a sweater, Tim. Oh, we got a sweater vest on. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I uh, after after Andrew's uh, proclamation that he always wears those sweaters in the last couple of shows. Yeah. One morning, I just bombarded Andrew with texts of just Bill Gates in a sweater, and he's right. Every single it's like every different kind. Like this one's plum, this one's salmon, this one's like yellow. It's all these like light colored, you know, vests. So anyway, one day Andrew's probably looking at this like what? All these pictures <laughs> of Bill Gates in a sweater. So here we go. Here we go. We all want to return to the way things were before COVID-19, but there's one area where I hope we never go back, our complacency about pandemics. We can get ahead of infectious disease outbreaks. By the next pandemic, I believe we can have what I call mega-testing diagnostic platforms. They can be deployed quickly, cost very little, and test 20% of the entire population every week. We also want to get treatments out far faster next time. One of the most promising is monoclonal antibodies. These manufactured antibodies grab onto the virus and disable it just like your immune system and can reduce death rates by as much as 80%. I also think that we'll develop new vaccines quickly, in large part due to this new mRNA platform. mRNA will become faster to develop easier to store, and lower cost. That's a huge breakthrough. To stop future pandemics quickly, we need to be able to spot disease outbreaks as soon as they happen anywhere in the world. And that requires a global alert system. If there turns out to be some new infectious pathogen, 
Then we need a group of infectious disease responders to spring into action. Think of these as like pandemic firefighters. They're going to use their logistics, use their ability to build up capacity quickly. They're going to go wherever that problem is. Stopping the next pandemic will require a big investment. But I think of this as the best insurance policy the world could buy. You can read more about this in our annual letter. So, during part of the video, he is um, moving little figurines of people around on a uh, map of the Earth. Yes. Just totally normal behavior. <laughs> like, if you're... I don't... Is there educational value in that? Like, oh, yeah, that's what doctors look like. Or, oh, that's what people in hazmat suits look like. Right. Yeah, I no, I mean, the I whole, the whole thing, the response team, all of it is just out of, out of just science fiction. The creepy visual of, like, Bill Gates standing over the entire Earth, moving people around, you know, it's, I don't know. But he had those little weird Y things, and he put them around the the diagram of the of the virus. The but he's little... he's wearing a sweater. And he's wearing so... a sweater. He just puts it around. Hey, I don't I don't want to be on. I don't want to be. You guys, I don't want to be not ready next time. We'll be ready. Um, we gotta, and we, we got to be able to test one fifth of the world's population every week for the diseases. And then if somebody has a disease, we need to move in. Like if somebody at your house gets it, you know, we can send all those people, all those trucks, all those and masks, and just, just take just just remove the person that's sick. That's all. And that's implied, all I want to do. Implied, you just know, wanna, not just want to overtly a global, stated a global alert system where if the if the flu pops up, like you just, just <laughs> in you, and just just eradicate the flu. That's it. Just take the just take the person. If you have a. Uh, global alert system and a global team by implication you have to have a global government that's true that's a good point also like what color shirts will the will the uh, <laughs> team wear will they yeah. wear brown yeah, so brown? Uh, this is just this the is an shirt? another example of the um you are talking what what is it? Scott M says you're talking past the sale. So so you're you're not saying like we need. Whoa whoa whoa! This is my government. you're on you're on my ground here. What are we talking about now? <laughs> talking past the sale. What does that mean? What's going on? You're not saying uh, we need world government, and here are the reasons. It's we need the world government to do X, Y, and Z, so we're better prepared for the next pandemic, ah. which of course is is uh, you know that again is just assumed that there will be another pandemic. Um, I'm not sure how you uh, can square the two ideas of this was just a totally random act of. Uh, evolution and the natural world at work and this disease popped out of nowhere between some animal we don't know what into some other animal we don't know what and into humans i mean that's a, a lab what are you talking about um 
so you can have this one in a trillion, you know, hundred trillion type event, and then expect it to happen again on a apparently a regular basis. We've got that to look forward to. So I think it's, well, it's almost like it's almost like he's been predicting a pandemic for years, and then he stepped up and he's like, "There is one. This is my time to shine." Oh, and you know, just funding gain of function research and vaccine mRNA vaccine platforms and platform. That was the thing. Okay, let's stop on that. Words matter. A platform? What is this? A, is a is an iOS platform? Is it an Android <laughs> well, platform? This is what 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 operating system platform are we starting at, Bill? This this is what they've been working on, and this uh, until right now, there's never been a widely deployed mRNA vaccine, um, and there hasn't been a successful coronavirus vaccine. But magically, we, we've got multiple of both right now. Um, never mind the, f- the people dying left and right. They're old anyway. Um, well, well, most of them and, or it's a coincidence. Um, you know, and then the, well, we can talk about that shortly, but, um, you know, this, uh, what was it? Chris White said, you know, this is one of the, like, right up there with inventing nuclear weapons. Like, this vaccine, like, genuinely has the chance to be the worst thing ever. You know? Yeah. 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 Was that on a recent podcast? Uh, it was a, a post he had. Okay. Um, on Twitter? I think on Twitter, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is... <laughs> It's a problem. And I, you know, I think it becomes more and more clear it was made in a lab. Yeah. I'm not even really buying the accidental release theory. Um, I'm not even 100% sure it was all developed in that lab in Wuhan. Sure. Um, you know, there's the So so but can I can I interrupt you just for yeah, a second? Like just I want to one thing I want to do is I felt like my last few episodes on the show were just me ranting and raving and just saying things that were unsubstantiated or could be, or, you know, you obviously understand where I'm coming from. Some of the listeners do, but just in case new people are listening or, you know, the government's listening. Um, <laughs> I just want to clear some things up. First off, let's actually even talk about the thing you just said. I know you didn't catch it because you probably have the same reaction to watching anything related to Bill Maher that I do, which is, you know, internal Mm -hmm. sickness to the point of vomiting. Uh, But I was actually sent it by a family member said, hey, check this out. So I actually watched they they literally because they knew, right? They told me, like, hey, go to this part. (laughs) I was like, I'm not (laughs) watching 30 minutes of this. No way. So go to this part. And uh, he had two Princeton uh, virologists on. Uh, both PhDs and uh, both very, it seemed like extreme lefty leaning. Shocking. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I couldn't believe that what I was hearing that was actually being said on network TV. These two went on and on about how they weren't sure about the vaccine. They thought that it would be a bad idea to get this type of vaccine. They preferred the idea, if they were to get a vaccine, to get the old school one, which is part of the virus, not the new genetically engineered whatever. But they also talked about gain-of-function research 
what? Yeah. And I mean, the lab all... in, and the lab in Wuhan. Yeah. And I was like, what is happening? So I, 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 you know, texted this person back. I said, I want to let you know that, you know, first off, I 100% believe a lot of what they're pointing to. Nothing I haven't heard. But this was worth the price of admission just to see this mentioned on network TV. And I had to email him or send him something right after. Or like HBO two, or whatever. Right. I'm sorry, not network TV, but cable. But I showed uh, within like a day or two, BuzzFeed was like, Bill Maher has crazy conspiracy theory that <laughs> cons- con- theor- or crazy conspiracy theorists furthering. Oh, gosh, I, I wish I had the title here. I should have looked that up. But furthering this, you know, crazy theory, Alex Jones theory that it was from a lab on his show. Anyway, I just, so to go back, it's even mainstream outlets are talking about a possibility that's released from a lab. And I think only the normiest of the normies are thinking that this is not a release from a lab. Like, is, is right. there really people out there still who are like, well, there was a bat and uh, some feces. And a pangolin. And there was a pangolin. <laughs> they and there really was a wet market. A market wet, like where it just rains, like body parts of, of <laughs> different animals into a stew. It's like a wet market. Okay. I don't know. But, I mean, the, what you're saying is actually even, I don't necessarily want to say validated by it, but it's becoming even mainstream now to say, ah, Wuhan, vi- vi- you know, virus, Wuhan had something to do with it. Oh, and they even went into that. They even went into like, hey, by the way, like it was called the Wuhan virus because I was from Wuhan. <laughs> yeah. For like a while. <laughs> and then, you know, anyway, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you continue. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, now the... The Biden administration has banned the term uh, Wuhan virus from all government uh, documents. Oh, goodness. That will do. That uh, will that will save the problems. Right? That's the way to give it. Hey, we're we not have... really slaves to China. Right. No, it will be, uh, you know, <laughs> against my executive order to say Wuhan virus. We're not uh, prioritizing what China wants or anything. And that's that's the, the cool part about 2020, 2021, right? Is like when you encounter a problem now, you just rename that problem something else and then it's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that's it. That's all you got to yeah. do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Steve, uh, Bill Maher pushes Steve Bannon Wuhan lab covid conspiracy from, oh, the daily, from the daily beast so they were yeah. going after good old bannon banyan for you yeah. know agendas so well a couple other things um th- this is a, a very short clip in the uh china admits we didn't isolate the virus you Got can it. play it it's like uh 10 seconds and then it, it keeps playing over and over again so just stop it, but why has the data not been shared? No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's the issue. So what about live animal samples? It doesn't tell you anything if they only test the positive. I do not suspect it's coming from a what we originally sought. All right. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. And you're going to have to get off the page there. But 
Um, so saying we didn't isolate the virus. He's the chief epidemiologist of the Chinese CDC. Um, so, well, why didn't they isolate the virus? Could it be that even the portion that they sent out, they said, oh, this is, you know, about the genetic code of the virus. And then there were people that looked at that right away and said, like, well, why does it have HIV inside of it? (laughs) Um, And this this, you know, we're supposed to forget all this stuff, but I have not seen anything that, um, you know, refutes that initial stuff that that was talked about. Um, who was it? Francis Boyle, I think. Yeah, uh, he talked about that from these. Like, it's clearly a bioweapon because the only way you splice in, you know, HIV into something is if um, it's made in a lab. And it was, you know, they knew gain of function research had been happening with coronaviruses in the in that lab in Wuhan. Um. You know, this is, uh, I don't know. And I I would love to be like, oh, it's not a big deal. You know, it's just the flu, which I think there's elements of that. But there's also the fact, uh, first of all, that you take the vaccine and then you get a false positive for HIV. That's that's really reassuring there. That's a problem. Uh, Yeah. Um, That's what they call a problem. Yeah. Uh, but this, I, I pulled this source, um, Summit News, but I saw R, RT had an article about it too. Um, and this story is, it kind of goes out there and then goes away and it's not really getting mainstream coverage that I've seen. Um, but the fact that uh you know they're they're starting to test people who have had COVID nineteen or you know whatever you want to call it the Wuhan virus and um, doing pretty drastic things to men's uh, sperm count. So new study notes sperm concentration was reduced by five hundred sixteen percent, mobility by two hundred nine percent, and sperm cell shape was altered by four hundred percent. Seems fairly significant since the Western world was already, um, you know, I mean, we're dying out, right? Yeah. So quick question. Uh, I wanted to clarify what you said just there. Uh, Is this people who have had COVID-19 or have had the vaccine? This is people who have had COVID-19, but this was also a concern with the vaccine. Yes, it was. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Where they're like, they're yep. like, oh, yeah, you should get the vaccine totally safe, but you might want to freeze some sperm before you go in and get the vaccine, just, you know, just to be safe. And I don't have it here. I might try to get it in the show notes. You're just going to have to take my word for it, listener. But I read the insert to the Pfizer one. And in the Pfizer uh, insert, they have a little part that says, hey, you know, long-term studies on fertility have not been done. Mm-hmm. And then I read somewhere else that wasn't in the insert somewhere else, like on a warning on Pfizer's website or something like this, that 
you might consider freezing sperm before taking the vaccine. Yeah. Which, which yeah. is like, wait, what? Yeah. So, and this is after, you know, uh, this is in the, the same article, but other studies have noted that the total sperm count in North America, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand dropped by up to 60% in the 38 years between 1973 and 2011. More recent research shows the trend is continuing. And, you know, we know some of the reasons. Um, you know, soy doesn't help. There's yeah, a, lo- mean, a lot of other stuff. But, the, I mean... I am more and more convinced this is a eugenics operation. The whole thing. Unfortunately, the virus, I, I the can't, vaccine, I can't. you know, what yeah. they want to, especially, you know, what Bill Gates wants to give you for his, the special treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, when he talks about getting treatments out fast, he's not talking about, let's look at all the, the drugs around that we know are antivirals and that we, no work. Hydroxychloroquine well still works. <laughs> Ivermectin, you know, but yep. you, you'll never hear that from Budesafin, Budesafine, or whatever it is. <laughs> so if we had spent one, uh, I don't know, one billionth, one millionth of the money um, just researching existing medications and making sure those were readily available, this thing would have been a big nothing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, you know, this study doesn't point to that. Um, if you do treat it quickly so that you're not, you don't get badly sick, I've got a feeling that that probably prevents some of the long-term effects too. Yeah. yeah. So the part of the scam is the, um, no treatment till you're sick enough to be in the hospital. Yeah. Like yeah. that, and that's a big part of the scam. Yes. Yes. And then the, the vaccine is the only thing that can help you. If you, right. because basically that's, if, have you talked to anybody that got it? Like that had tested positive for COVID-19, like a, a healthy person, roughly our age range. Have you talked to any of those people that got it? The, the sickness or the vaccine, the, the sickness. Uh, yeah, a few people. A few, did, did, few people at work. Did they go to the hospital or the doctor? No, they said it was like not quite as bad as when they had had the flu before. But I mean, they were sick. But okay. it was. So I have encountered these people, and they go to the doctor because I mean they're super worried because like, dude, yeah. it's COVID nineteen. They could die, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so they go to the doctor, and the doctor's like, "Yeah, I don't know, go home." Yeah, and that's it. Nothing. Like, legit, legit. That's it. And it leaves the people who are like, oh, my gosh, I could die. to like, really? Just take just take Advil and go home and sleep it off? Oh, no, I could die. There's no treatment for this. And it leaves them thinking, oh, gosh, there has to be a treatment. And the treatment ends up being, of course, just a vaccine. That's it. That's your only treatment. Just cell therapy. Come chemotherapy. Yeah. Chemotherapy. In your arm. In your arm. Get it in your arm. The only solution is... In your arm, messing, putting artificial things into your bloodstream to alter what your DNA is doing. Seems like the the only, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, people listening to the show. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. God created you. 
God made this whole world and get this drum roll, please. I know this is going to shock many of you. Grab a seat. You have an immune system. All right. Get outside. Take some vitamins. Drink some orange juice. Go live your lives. This is insane. This is absolute insanity with the masks and the everything. And, and the only thing that can fix this, the only thing that can fix, I got to go to the doctor. I got to go to the doctor. And you get to the doctor and the doctor's like, I don't know what to do. Go home. And you have, it's actually so bad right now. Like you were talking about, uh, I think this was definitely off the podcast that we were talking about the level of malpractice that's happening nationwide right now. It's astounding. Uh, I th- you know, people, People are if, showing if up to the doctor been, and, and educating them. Like, hey, this is something that helps. And they're looking it up like, oh, yeah, that does work. I'll prescribe that now. Well, and if if it had just been left open, like if we didn't have a giant government bureaucracy, if there was no public health system, if it was just, I don't know, people that have become doctors and usually they're pretty smart and they can figure this stuff out. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing some of this virus going along. Um, you know, let me look on the Internet for what other doctors are doing. Oh, they're doing hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and zinc. And, oh, well, that's easy to get and cheap. Let's try that. Hmm. And some, you know, it, steroids if you're having breathing problems. It, it is... Uh, yeah, I mean, there there really is no justice <laughs> in um, the U.S. justice system. But, you know, I mean, did you see the story about Cuomo? I didn't put a story in about it, but Cuomo the guy, said the numbers were low. Cuomo, um, and we, I don't know, actually, we probably didn't talk about it, but this was talked about on... Uh, the No Agenda podcast at the time where they would, uh, or maybe it was Corbett, I don't know. Some Someone was talking about it at the time where New York would classify it as a hospital death if they, you know, picked someone up from the nursing home and they took them to the hospital and they died. That didn't count as a nursing home death. Right, so the nursing uh, home deaths were, were higher than what was said. Yeah, they were like close to 13,000. And this was a result of uh, an executive order from Cuomo saying, if you run a, a nursing home, you have to admit someone whether they've got COVID or not, and you can't even test them. So, you know, be, and the justification, um, it wasn't openly, we want to kill off all the expensive old people, but that was the real reason. Um but the justification was, you know, oh, well, there's, uh, it's, I need 30,000 ventilators. We got to prioritize. We can't have people in nursing homes taking up the hospital beds for people that could be saved. All that capacity never got used. And, and they still were putting people back in nursing homes that were COVID positive. And very few, I think we, did we, um, talk about the story with the one county that fought back against it no i don't think so there's one county maybe it was a lost episode but one <laughs> county in, in new york um where the the gal that was in charge of the county is like i'm not doing this like 
you're you're going to have to come arrest me. I'm not putting COVID positive people in in nursing homes. And uh, her resistance is probably the reason all this stuff is coming out now. Um, <laughs> but it is just such a, a sick joke that Cuomo is held up as like the leader of the uh, this is the leader we need you know I don't know Emmy award winner yeah yeah so it's I've got other similar stories but uh, I had a direction let, I wanted to go let, with some of the COVID stuff uh, oh okay I've got a just kind of a fun one um it's short. We can do it later. Where, where it, do you want to go with the which, COVID? Which one is it? Uh, it's the the Twitter Hotep Jesus tweet. Oh, yeah. We'll go to that. I'm good with that. Let's go to that. Because he... I can't believe you're following Hotep Jesus. Hotep's <laughs> done, done, been done told you. I love those dudes. <laughs> Actually, the worst part of uh, deleting Twitter, one of the worst parts was missing his tweets. So, Greta Thunberg... She sends out a tweet, and it says, here's a toolkit if you want to help, and it's got a Google Doc inside. And these suggested posts are like, <laughs> uh, celebrity, influential person at whatever. Why are we not talking about Why this? are we not talking about this? Hashtag farmers protest. Hashtag stand with farmers. Hashtag the world is watching. So it is a glimpse behind the curtain Mm -hmm. of what, you know, what PR operations are and what they do. And uh, Hotep says, when we mention influencers having handlers and marching orders, this is a microcosm of what, what we mean. And, you know, that's exactly right. You've got all these dimwit celebrities that don't know anything. It's just their agent or whoever is handling them sends them, you know, pick one of these and send it out. You know, oh, terrible. (laughs) Um, This is what the protests in India are about, which, you know, uh, Trump got along fairly well with the guy in India, right? Right. Interesting that all of a sudden there's protests in India. And what do you know? There's the suicide bombings are back in Iraq and yeah, cranking up the war machine. But absolutely, that's 100% what we're doing. But let's go back to Bill Gates. I just wanted to do a couple things real quick. Uh, I wanted to read some notes from a couple of stories I found. Uh, I want to let everybody know, uh, first off, that these stories are all from two, three years ago. Killer flu pandemic could hit <laughs> at any time, wiping out 300 million people. A killer mm-hmm. flu pandemic could be poised to sweep the globe tomorrow, killing 33 million people in its first 200 days. Conditions are ripe, and the world is overdue from a catastrophic shift in the oh, flu virus. Did you catch the 33 million? 33. <laughs> which could wipe out 300 million, a leading flu expert has warned. Who's that flu expert, I wonder? I'm going to skip way down to the uh, to the bottom. 
the single most vital thing that must be done, this person suggests, Dr. Quick from the Center for Global Health, Dr. Jonathan Quick, chair of the Global Health Council, uh, said the single, single most vital thing that must be done is to develop a universal flu vaccine, he mm. said. A new vaccine being developed by scientists at the University of California, Los Angeles, hopes to bring us one step closer to that reality. The experimental drug is found to protect mice from two different strains in lab tests. It emerged earlier this year. The aim is for universal flu vaccine to replace the yearly jab, which each year is developed based on predictions from the World Health Organization. Experts identify the strains most likely to infect people a year ahead of time, meaning unexpected strains can come out of the woodwork and cause chaos. There's a very limited amount that you can do. There's personal hygiene measures, washing your hands and trying to put your hands uh, on contaminated, sur- trying not to put your hands on contaminated surfaces in public and then in your mouth. But frankly, you're just as li- likely to catch it from passing a person on the street who sneezed. Oh my goodness. So apparently <laughs> you can just catch this thing. So we need a, we need a, uh, a, a, a universal virus. So, that that's that's that story. Okay, that's 2018. All right, March 2018. We're gonna move all the way up to. Uh, that's your story. This is my story here, and we're at April 2018. So the following month, what Bill Gates fears most: <gasps> the threat of a flu pandemic clouds even the legendary optimism of Bill Gates. So he's launching an initiative to prevent. <laughs> <laughs> Since I've heard many, many optimist, baloney optimist, descriptions optimist. of Bill Gates, but I've never heard legendary optimist. Bill Gates <laughs> fancies himself an optimist. First, first no, words no, in no. the story, A Andrew. Legendary, so, legendary clearly, optimism. Clearly, first words in the story. You don't know what you're talking about. This is from The Atlantic, which is, I think, Steve Jobs' wife's outfit, but whatever. Global health, he feels, is on an upward trajectory. Childhood deaths are plumbing, plummeting. <laughs> Polio is on the verge of eradication. No thanks to him. Oh, uh, but if there's one thing that, that punctures his positivity, it's the possibility that the world will face a serious pandemic and the near certainty that we aren't prepared for it. This is a rare case of me being the bearer of bad news. Remember this, 2018, we was only the bearer of bad news on occasion. <laughs> My general narrative is, hey, we're making great progress. We just need to accelerate it. Here, I'm bringing more of, hey, you thought it was bad? Well, you should feel really bad. In 2015, Gates said at a TED conference, if anything kills over 10 million people in the next few decades, it's most likely to be an infectious virus. Three years later, he stands by that assessment. It would take a heck of a meteor or a volcano or an earthquake to get you to 10 million, he tells me. Even a nuclear weapon going off in New York City wouldn't get you to 10 million. Does anybody realize what's happening in this conversation? Like, like what <laughs> this guy is talking about? How to get the highest numbers of deaths? How do we kill? Because we want to get the population be down really to like 500 million total. So like, you know, how do we do it? This is like a if tough I problem. blow up a volcano because I'm literally Doctor Evil living in a volcano. <laughs> if I blow it up, is that going to kill enough people? No. Who daydreams about these things? Even a nuclear weapon going off in New York City wouldn't even hit 10 million. Oh, thanks, thanks. By contrast, in 1918. 
When H1N1 flu virus swept the world, it killed between 50 and 100 million and slashed life expectancy by 12 years. Read Gates' wet dream. Uh, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, skipping ahead, measles, uh, see, vaccines against measles, mumps, rubella provide lifelong protection, but the flu comes in a large number of subtypes, whether it's H1N1, H5N1, H7N9, and so on, and so many strains within those. The viruses also change constantly, which is why the flu vaccine must be constantly updated to target the strains that are most likely to cause problems next. A universal vaccine, which would protect against all possible subtypes and strains, could change that. It would effectively take flu off the table as a major threat, protecting people against future pandemics while reducing the need for annual vaccination campaigns. Are we catching a theme here, mm. it, it, you know, the Sk- skipping when, ahead. When all you have is a hammer. Everything looks like a nail. It's like everything to Bill Gates involves needing a vaccine. I asked Gates if he's a real, if he's realistic. When you're a eugenicist. Everything's a vaccine. <laughs> I asked needs Gates a vaccine. if he's realistic. If that's realistic, despite years of research, scientists haven't even developed a vaccine that's effective against, say. All strands of H1N1, let alone all strains, full stop. Sometimes I'm over-optimistic, he admits. There's no guarantee we'd have one in 10 years, but I think there's a reasonable chance we will. He's looking forward to it, folks. That's 2018, March. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, that's 2018, April. He's talking about it. He wants to do it. It's the universal flu vaccine. Uh, and then... Wait, did... Uh, he left some position which i i don't know how involved he was even at this point but he left some position at microsoft at the start of this right uh uh, yeah good question uh hold on he stepped down from the board if i'm remembering right okay yeah i think that's right um because he he was i mean it wasn't like day-to-day or ceo um but you know, just interesting. He just knew that this was that this was gonna be big. Oh, um, him, him, and the uh, Bob Iger, and yeah. there's a whole list of them. Well, yeah. March thirteenth, twenty twenty, Bill Gates leaves Microsoft board, CNBC. So, uh, what's Jeff Bezos up to? Yeah, I don't know. That what's actually it, kind of that, what's that actually his kind of, project. Yeah, to, that's to that kill kind of, off a, you know, his assigned chunk of the world's population. What what's he working on? Market market crash. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but it's like he, if you want to be a billionaire, you'd better be into eugenics. It just seems to work like that. Right. Um, and then moving forward, my last article, as raging flu epidemic spreads, Sanofi Pasteur targets more effective cell-based universal vaccine. Sanofi Pasteur has signed a deal with SK Chemicals to license cell culture vaccine technology as a raging flu epidemic in the U.S. One of the worst in history highlights the need for a universal vaccine and a more potent flu shot produced in cells instead of inside eggs. Hold on a second, though. Let me find I can't. <laughs> I can't tell. Is that the Sanofi Pasteur? Is that where's that company from? I am not sure. It's a great question. 
uh, to exclusive U.S. and European rights to sell any vaccines developed through SK Cell Technology. Sanofi will pay SK $15 million up front, blah, 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 blah. But they're talking about using a cell-based technology where flu vaccine is made in animal cells and then given as a universal flu vaccine virus. This article came out February 2018. Yeah. So... I don't know. I tumbled down a rabbit hole. Maybe it's uh, helpful for people out there. Maybe it's not. But I did think it was interesting that they were talking about a universal vaccine throughout the year 2018, trying to prep everybody. Well, and they were, I mean, they were certainly trying to hype the flu. Yes. This is, um, you know, whether it be the the new swine flu or uh, the H1N1. Or the bird flu. I mean, they've been trying to get this going for years and years and saying, oh, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. And, you know, I've referenced this before, but uh, uh, the the crazy lunatic Alex Jones, uh, th- this was probably, I don't know, 10 years ago, said they're going to they're gonna start releasing bioweapons in the you know, the, the first one will only kill a few people and then they'll release a bigger one and a bigger one and a bigger one until they lock you down in medical martial law. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that kind of seems to be the path. No right. kidding. There's a couple people. Uh, I think the uh, I think Bill Cooper was right about this. To hold a, and to hold a pale horse. I feel like uh, some, of, some of some other. I mean, Ted Kaczynski was right about the path of technology. George Orwell was right about the path of uh, of government, and uh, yeah. Huxley was right about the path of uh, of leisure and of uh, distraction. Uh, there's been uh, some very prescient uh, warnings uh, leading us into this time. Did you happen to uh, see that Tim Dillon clip? Do you know who Tim Dillon is? I do, yeah, like, but I, mean, I didn't see a clip. So he, there's this uh, new app called Clubhouse. Okay. And you, you know, you have to get an invite, and then you have to get an invite into like individual rooms. Okay. Um, and I guess it's like, you know, like they had, uh, um, Elon Musk did a thing on Clubhouse and. But it's not like broadcast to everyone. Like you got to be part of the club, right? Sure. Part of the cool kids. So he does this whole thing, um, talking about what they talk about on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe we should. I don't. I'm not sure how. Do you want to look for it? I I think I can find it. Uh, and I'll move forward to... Yeah, go ahead and do something else. Uh, yeah, I'll move forward to... Uh, this article was super good. Uh, it's a little bit long. I'm definitely not going to read it here, but it is from 2016. It's by Andrew Sullivan from New York Magazine. My Distraction, Sickness, and Yours. Uh, and this is something I've been kind of dealing with the last few months, and I think that... Uh, a lot of people out there have because we've all been at home. We've all been on our phones more and doing that sort of stuff. And he just talks about how, you know, kind of crazy he got with the Internet. And this is 2016. I mean, it's, it's not even, you know, it's five years ago at this point. But he just talked about how 
addicted to his phone and the internet he was and uh it's just really a good read he talks about going and, and actually not using his phone and going to like some hippy dippy retreat where nobody talks at all and then you know <laughs> lo and behold lo and behold uh you know after not talking for a day or whatever uh, or two and, and you know moving through and not having a phone on him like he started crying like he got really sad and he started crying about <laughs> stuff because he he started feeling feelings and i in the whole point of the article is to kind of go back and say you know a lot of what people are doing is they're just putting stuff off they're putting off processing actual feelings or hurt or sadness by just con- continuing to distract themselves with a a never-ending feed of stuff mm. and as someone as someone uh who totally suffers from add whether or not you think it exists or whatever we can talk about that at a different time but i am a d- easily distracted person i leave the water running and the dog book it overflows i don't know once every two weeks or so i mean how many times do we do a show i don't even hit record because i'm distracted like I, I have some sort of issue whether you want to call it add or anything but this whole lifestyle feeds into that sickness and makes me oh, it definitely does yeah. wor- and it makes me kind of worse so i've been <laughs> trying to move my distance myself a little bit from social media certain trying to read books and just chill and, and do some meditation and praying and things like this um but it, it was a it's a really good article but it's it's super long but i just I encourage people to check it out it'll be uh, in the show notes andrew sullivan my distraction sickness and yours you know uh and i think we just mentioned, you know, not every show we mentioned Ted Gazinski multiple times, but you know, <laughs> people people know him as the Unabomber. You know, I think that his idea of like, hey, let's bomb things through the mail to solve this problem of technology was atrocious. Uh, but I feel like he had made a lot of sense in his, you know, essays. Well, and he was, you know, he had actually done some reading. And he had read Elul and a lot of other people that, um, you know, would probably have not been very happy that he decided to go start bombing things. Right. But Uh, the unintended consequences of technology, uh, I think we're experiencing a lot of them now. Um, And that's kind of what some of this stuff we're talking about. So this this clip, uh, I guess, language warning. Um, Oh, yeah. But... uh, it's it's not terribly long, so it should be okay. If you refresh the the page there, it should be in there. Gotcha. I'm on Clubhouse now, which is a new app I have invites to, and none of you are getting invites. And everybody on there, not everybody, but a lot of people on there are entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, investors, really, really successful people in the tech space. And this is just listening on this app, which I spend three or four hours on a night because it's fucking fascinating. I do a little joke every now and then. Everybody goes, oh, Tim's a comedian. Isn't that funny? Uh, but they, I'm a roach in there. They look at me like a roach. I'm like a jester that they bring out like, hey, make everyone laugh. And then we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the type of shackles that we get that's going to go right around the arm. <laughs> because you're meeting your captors. These, some of these people are so young. They're in their early 20s. They started a hedge fund at like four years old. Oh, yeah, yeah right. the Instagram picture is like them tongue kissing Joe Biden. These people are connected. I want those. Damn, I want to be friends with them. 
I want to be friends with the captors. And the app is fun. It's fun hearing how it's going to happen. Isn't that sick? It's actually fun hearing how they're going to get you. It's better than TV. Stop watching Ozark. But to Marty and Wendy figure out, who cares? These people are telling you how they're going to shackle you to a floorboard. Listen to them. They love the pandemic. I mean, they, they're they gushing. One guy goes, there's going to be a pandemic now every five years. It's just the way the world is now. All the things that can make the world livable, coincidentally, are all the things we've invested in. They are creating a new world, and they just might let you live in it. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that was the, the short version. Like, they talk... <laughs> Um. Yeah, it was. It's worth worth hearing the whole thing if you've got time to go look it up. But uh, <laughs> which uh, I mean, Tim Dillon is a like he's on been on Rogan and he's he's at least sort of friends with Alex Jones and what have you. So he knows a lot of conspiracy stuff. Let me and, let me just back up for everybody. Yeah. Tim Dillon is the third person in the epic interview between joe rogan and alex jones from yes. this sum- last summer <laughs> the other dude yeah. standing there who you're like who is this guy because these two could go on for right. hours and i could listen forever that was tim Dillon. yeah <laughs> which is uh that's where i first saw him i'd never me, never me heard too. of him before that but i actually heard somebody recently say i think the best thing we got out of the pandemic was tim Dillon." <laughs> so he he talks you know in more detail about what they go on and on about and what the plans are. And yeah, the, the plan is um, you get to be online 24 seven as long as you're good, as long as you otherwise we'll kick you off our apps. You know, we're already seeing that with the, the Facebook and what, you know, the level of arrogance is crazy. It's like, Oh, well you want to be on, Twitter, you want to be on Facebook, so you're going to behave yourself. Otherwise, we're going to kick you off, and you, you'll respond to that. You won't just like go do something else. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think people—that's uh, the plan. I mean, you know, that's like they—they've got more bioweapons lined up, and they're planning on letting them go, and uh, just calling you crazy if you complain about it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I got news for everybody out there. Um, And this is something I've been struggling with personally, but you don't have to be on those apps. (laughs) Yes. You you don't. Exactly. Like, at at some level, self-defeating to be doing the censorship thing and kicking people off. But, you know, I think it's kind of similar to um, all these bogus stories about how uh, these prisoners got the vaccine before you could. <laughs> Guantanamo Bay prisoners are going to get the vaccine before your grandma. How do you feel about that? Um, you know, it's cool. <laughs> like this billionaire flew to some small province in Canada to, to get the vaccine ahead of you. You know, look how unfair that is. Don't you want the vaccine? It's so cool oh. to have the vaccine. And, you know, I... Same sort of thing with the apps, but yes, in reality, we don't need it. 
We don't want the vaccine. We don't need the apps. We don't even need to be online. So I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I've really struggled. I think you can tell by my ranty and ravey, uh, you know, shows the last few shows and just, you know, I got sucked into the whole game. Um, but the more I think about it, the more I look at it, we, we don't have to be, we don't have to do all this. We don't have to. It doesn't add anything to our lives. I, I you know, so I'm an addict, right? Like so I'm, what, a, I'm an alcoholic. So what? So um, we're starting a commune. Everybody. Right. No, but <laughs> that's, yeah, we talked about that before the show, right? No, uh, but like I'm, I've. I did a lot of drugs and drank a lot and really messed up my life before I turned the young age, really, of 25 before I realized, like, hey, this is horrible. Uh, but I quit all that stuff because it was bad and I couldn't actually function in life and, and all that. But, like, that's my defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. So I just quit stuff. Like, I got willpower. The Lord blessed me with willpower. And I do not care what other people think of me. Like, I'm not – I'm, like – I do somewhat care like a little bit like socially. Hey, does this person, you know, did I, was I rude there? Like I could be, but like, do they overall like me or care or like think that I'm nuts or think that dude doesn't, he's, he doesn't, he's not thinking the right stuff. I don't care, man. I don't care. And so I'm kind of against the grain in that way. And I just quit stuff. And I think I'm about to quit the internet. (laughs) Like, like obviously you can't quit the internet completely, but like I'm deleting social media. I'm starting to remove myself because I'm unhealthy, man. I've been unhealthy since September. (laughs) I'm serious. Yeah. I can't look away. I can't look away. It's like the world is on fire around me and I can't look away. And I, 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 there's a there's a heartbreaking video. It's in this folder. It's nothing but music, so we will not play it, but it will be in the show notes. And it's just uh, many people have probably seen it. I guess Moby a few years back he he had it as a uh, a, a background to one of his like happy songs, but someone took it and then just put like soft piano music behind it. It's the most heartbreaking video. It's basically just a kid walking through the world and everyone's staring at their phones and they're doing horrible things and he's trying to pull them away. And to stop looking at their phones, but he can't stop them. And it just kind of hit me weird. And I realized, like, it's not good. It's tearing me away from my family. I have a newborn baby. I have a, a, a little little boy. You know, it. I find myself in my son's room, putting him to bed, staring at my phone. What am I doing? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it, And not only does it not matter... But this sociological experiment is being done on me with my consent. I'm the one who is letting them do it. And they're manipulating me. Yeah. It's not just I'm trading a little bit of privacy for some convenience. It's they are manipulating me with my consent. And I love it. (laughs) I think I'm done, man. I'm I'm slowly moving away. Maybe hey, maybe tomorrow you'll see me on Facebook and I'll have all these posts and I'll be the you know just right back into it. But I'm telling you right now, it's not good. It's well, not you're good. you're it's off not of Facebook, aren't you? You've been I'm on. not. Yeah, I, I I deleted my account in 2013. I was like the first dude to delete Facebook. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I I remit. It's actually a, there is an account. It's a blank account. It literally has just my photo. 
because I need to access one page that has to do with somebody in my family, and that's it. Um, but I've deleted Reddit, Twitter, all the, all the others. Um, Instagram, all of it. It's all gone. Uh, but and like I said, tomorrow I might freak out and freaking have a Twitter relapse and just go back on. But I'm telling you guys right now, it's not good. It is not good. And they showed you this year. They showed you what the future holds. The future is if the main, it used to be if mainstream media doesn't show you it, it's not real. Right. Mm-hmm. But now it's mainstream media. They're not they're showing it to the boomers. The boomers are doing whatever they're doing, whether mm-hmm. they're selling their 401ks, trying to kill the Wall Street bets, kids or taking vaccines. Who knows? But eventually they're going to be gone. OK, the boomers will die. Not soon, but eventually they're going to be gone. Well, they're trying so, to kill them off as they soon are. as possible. They are. Seems uh, to be. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think you're right. But. That dark note aside, let's just fast forward 25 years. Is that going to really kind of thin the boomer herd? I think that's probably it. 25 to 30 years. Okay. Those are the people who watch TV. Mm-hmm. TV's done. Like I said, nobody's watching television. They watch Netflix. They watch Amazon. So you have to put all your propaganda into those shows or you got to get them where they are for four to five hours a day, which is on social media. Mm-hmm. And so now the game is, hey, does Hunter Biden's laptop exist if it doesn't exist on social media? And the answer is, yep. yes, it still exists, folks. Get <laughs> off that crap. Go live your life. You're, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person of extremes, man. I, anything I do, I do all the way or not. And uh, sometimes I just quit stuff. So that's I, I just I don't know. I've just been thinking about it a lot and uh, it got a hold of me, you know, for a good six months there. That was, and my wife talked to me, Hey, you know, disconnected. Uh, uh, that's not good, man. You can't be disconnected from your own family. It's been yeah. a tough year for everybody, but what am I going to be in the land of the living or am I going to be in the land of the, Hey, did you see that? And I'm the worst dude. I saw all the memes. I saw all the tweets. <laughs> I saw, did you see this? Yeah. Read. Do you see this? Yeah. Read it. Do you see this? Yeah. Seen it. Do you see this? Yeah. Do you see this? I always did, but it's not, I don't think that's good. It's not good for me. <laughs> now maybe I'll, I'll, I'll make my, I'll, I'll ease my way back into, to some of that stuff. Uh, just to keep an eye on what's going on. Obviously I have to do enough to continue to do the show. And I think I found kind of a happy medium. Uh, but, um, that's, if that's the future, get rid of your phone. Like you don't even need it. Yeah. Like the, that's the weirdest thing too, right? Like go outside, like go to the skate park with your kid or go hiking or, you know, there is a whole world out there and yeah, a lot of these problems exist, but like more than ever, people want to talk to other people. (laughs) People Mm want to have friends. People want to hear about Jesus. People want to hear that there's an answer. That's that this isn't the end of the world or maybe that it is. And they, they need to find <laughs> out what's going on. You know, it's just, I don't know. Just live, live life outside of the, the media, live out life outside the internet. I'm, you know, and I'm, you know, well, the, I'm the, I'm the worst among us. I am not saying I'm holier than now. I have the biggest problem with this probably of anybody here in my voice now, but there, if now it's, they just, they, they actively hate you. And they're just going to try to mess with you or hold mm-hmm. all of this stuff against you that you've done or said and, or delete you. Like, they're, Twitter does not agree with your moral values if you're a Christian listening to this podcast. 
Twitter's Jack, Jack and Zuck. They're they're not down. They're not interested. No, they would like. Um, well, there was. Oh, let me see if I can pull it up real fast. Uh, uh, here we go. Uh, so Raheem Kassam. Okay. He he's he's on. He was on there with Banyan for a long okay. time. Yeah. Uh, National Pulse just started a a podcast of his own, and he interviewed a guy. Um, Filmmaker named Matthew Taylor talking about uh, big tech and its creepy experiments on humanity. So it was a a good interview, about a half hour interview. Um, I, I don't have like a specific clip to to play for the show, but um, he, Matthew Taylor was talking about, you know, in his opinion. Um, the people, you know, when you talk about Google and w- what they're doing, um, the people within it aren't necessarily, like, driving it and thinking, ha-ha, we're doing these evil things to people for these reasons. But it's uh, just the the pursuit of people's data, the pursuit of, like, can we... You know, if we show them these search results, can it alter how they vote? Can it alter what they buy? You know, obviously what they buy is a big, that's the whole business model, right? Um, And you are the product. You are not, (laughs) you said that the customer um, business relationship has been totally inverted. And they, they don't need to appeal to customers anymore they make customers or who should be there treated as customers. Uh, they shape them to, to fit the advertisers or to fit their own agenda. So it was, it was an interesting and, and listen. I and I think there's a lot of, a lot of truth to that too. hundred percent. And I think, I don't think we talked about that, but we, uh, I, there was, a, there was a gentleman, what is going on? Why does it keep doing this? Um, there was a gentleman who kept uh, track of this, and actually, during the election, it was prompting liberals to go vote, but not conservatives. Right, and Robert Epstein. Epstein, yeah, and then he called it out, and then Google stopped doing it like the following day, right? Because he noticed that this was happening. So they're doing this, and I'm telling you right now, I don't, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But I, I know myself, and I was being messed with mm-hmm. through Twitter or, or, or whatever. Or, you know, like I was being molded, panicked, you know, adjusted, something. And I just, I could feel it. It's no good. It's not, it's not. And, and then they talk I mean, about that. Were, the, the were, we getting, were we getting stirred up to go to D.C. on January 6th and just, you know, that was that was your chance to, to really do something, you know, I remember I, that I felt know? like I wanted to go. I wanted to yeah. go. I, I looked at plane tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I way too expensive. Go. You know, I yeah. I wasn't seriously considering going. Oh my gosh, I, Andrew! I think, did look at plane tickets. Oh my gosh, Andrew! Thank God we're poor. <laughs> so, no, it, it, well, and I'm not going to wear a mask, so it, you know, <laughs> air travel is not really an option. But I, um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. they're messing with us. They're messing with us. It's uh, we need to uh, we need to figure out. How to not, how to not do it. I don't, I don't know. It's a, we're in a weird time. It's a, it's, you know, I've been negative. I've been feeling negative. It's been hard. I've been feeling depressed. It's weird right now. Stuff is hard, but I, I'm starting to come around to like, Hey, maybe it's a really positive time. Maybe it's an amazing time to be alive because we're in this like weird, like we talked about just, just five, six years ago, we were talking about, this is the golden age of the internet. Because anything goes. Like, remember Alex <laughs> Jones was still on iTunes. The Laura Loomer <laughs> hadn't been banned from everything. Right. You know, like, and was this like, guy James Corbett was saying, you know, this doesn't last forever. This is all <laughs> going to go away. <laughs> he was. He was saying that. And guess what? He was right. Alex Jones. Yeah. First they came for Alex Jones. Then they came for Laura Loomer. <laughs> then they came for the president of the United States, and I didn't care. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's coming. Like we live in this, but we still live in this weird gray area of time where it's like the there's certain forces at work, but like there's also still a lot of freedom, a lot of great people in the United States, and a lot of resistance to all this baloney. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out. You know. Mm-hmm. And but I don't care what the media says. Not about, everybody's on board with this. To I talk about that, well, that's part of the. Echo chamber creation of the social media network. Well, there's, yes, there's trying to create the illusion, which I think they would love to still have the illusion that no one agrees with you. You are alone. You know, it, you know, <laughs> no one else is questioning this. Um, the but, majority. Yeah, the majority, majority. are. Majority. But. In some ways, though, that makes it even more infuriating. Insidious? Because you... you, And this is why, you know, this is why people went to the Capitol. And this is why, um, you know, (laughs) this is why people are so upset. Like, you can see it. It's like, if... If you thought government officials were actually trying to do good things for the country, it's like, how can you be so stupid? Why you're ruining the country? Well, yeah, that's the point, right? I mean, that's that's the goal. The goal is to destroy the United States so that it can merge more seamlessly into an overarching world government and world financial system. And we're living in the middle of that. Um, and don't let them, you know take your humanity during that, that process. And I think you're, you're right. You know, what good does it do to know everything that's going on in social media? You know, you can't do anything about it. Like you getting upset doesn't really do anything. So either you should know enough to want to take some real concrete actions. Um, and beyond that, it, I think you're right. It's unhealthy. The media, and I don't mean the mainstream media. I mean, like, literally the actual definition of media. The media 
of the social networks, the way that it works, you would I could argue against you and say, listen, Andrew, you need to know what's going on. There needs to be watchers on the wall. We have to see what the enemy is up to so that we can be prepared to save our families or this and that mm-hmm. or to, to educate the people around us. But the medium is the message. That's the problem. It's because yeah. if you get all the information from that, you can't then fight back there. Because mm-hmm. what are you going to do? You can send out a tweet to get 46 likes, 200 shares at best. <laughs> and then what? It's literally three seconds of a bunch of people's day that they see that. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change anything. So where you learn about all the things that are happening is also useless place to be to fight back. Yeah, and I, well, and the only they're I think they're trying to funnel people into, um, like, yeah, do you you see that it's tyranny, right? You know, this is the propaganda for the people that are at least to some extent awake, like. Like you see it, no one else sees it, but you see it. Um, and the, you know, the only solution is, um, whatever, you know, politics, getting obsessed with politics. Oh, voting's the only thing. Oh, voting doesn't work either. So you got to protest, protest gets things done. Oh, protest doesn't get things done either. You've got to, you know, it's agitation Violence. propaganda. Um, agitation. Yeah, agitprop when they when they want it to be, um, when the uh, just <laughs> at the same time the give everything you you can't do anything, um, just give up. That's propaganda too. Yeah. Yeah. Here, what's the uh, the quote? I was gonna buy a shirt with this on it, but it. Uh, it didn't come in my size, but if the situation were hopeless, their propaganda would be unnecessary, right? Agreed. So, That's a great way to yeah. put it. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. Uh, resist. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, res- hashtag resist. And I don't mean resist Biden. I mean resist it all. You know, the, some of the good things that Trump did was just to shine a light on how ridiculous the whole system was and he kind of showed how you know much of a figurehead the president is because he could directly order something and it wouldn't happen right the machine was bigger than him and the the swamp one and with with biden you i mean it's even more obvious like there is no biden right there's just the establishment there's just like the deep state is a hundred percent in charge there's no resistance whatsoever and uh you could count on whatever comes out is is a hundred percent you know lindsey graham slash john mccain worst of both worlds yeah yeah yeah. no i i agree and 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 to be quite honest, I'll, I'll even I'll go you one better. Anybody who is currently resisting, i.e., Ted Cruz, or North Dakota, or whatever, or South Dakota yeah. governor, Florida. Uh, those people, yeah, was it DeSantis in was Florida? Florida. Those people are being groomed to run for president or the next Patriot Party or whatever. Right. 
only, the only resistance is the next Coke or Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I like Ted Cruz for all the stuff he's done recently, but didn't we tie Ted Cruz's dad to the JFK assassination? <laughs> well, um, he was involved. Yes. Yeah. Maybe not in the direct assassination, but he was involved with, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. So he was involved in that whole, um, I think they were involved in the CIA. Anti-Castro Cubans. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Which I mean, um, Cruz is pretty clearly an anti-Castro Cuban. Uh, yeah, I don't, (laughs) more, more of the same. Let's get to my favorite story of vote Lee. harder, people. Vote harder. Maybe yeah, vote harder. Time. Gosh, <laughs> next time I'll vote so much better. Um, let's get to my favorite story of the day of the week of the month is the Wall Street bets story. Okay. So I have some interesting news for everybody. Okay. As I spoke about earlier about being a little extreme with stuff. I've been a member of the Wall Street bets community on Reddit, by the way, no longer, obviously. Uh, since I don't know, I mean, my brother and I were talking about it. We think we were in it in 2017, 18 time frame is when we started going in there and there's a bunch of idiots. They're all, but they're like, it was, it's super weird in there. Everybody calls each other retard. Everybody calls each other an autist. Everybody says they're betting their money. Everybody says YOLO and puts, you know, post loss porn. <laughs> and this is, it, it's a Wall Street trading forum, but like a kind of a, like a caricature of a, what you think a Wall Street trading forum would look like. Yeah. And, and it's not actually Wall Street, right? It's like all the people who are like trying to make some money in this horribly rigged casino game that is Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it's called Wall Street Bets. And that's why there's literally a dude throwing money in the air now it's diamonds but now he's throwing money in the air and he's standing in front of a yacht because that's the game see if you can get in this casino and out and win like the big guys do that's the whole thing i've mm-hmm. lost tons of money in there no i'm just kidding um <laughs> i've lost a decent amount <laughs> but you know the other the weird part about that was like you started to figure out pretty quickly that like there was like dentists in there and doctors in there and like Mm -hmm. highly intelligent people in there who are also trying to do this so anyway in typical wall street bets fashion some dude wearing a headband in a basement in in massachusetts somewhere freaking figured out after analyzing all the data that no one ever looks at no one cares about he decided that he was going to figure out what's going on with all these stocks. I was super into this forum and talked about stuff I learned from there on this show up until about March of this year when the entire market went down. And I started trying to predict what was going to go up, what was going to go down. And then I just like like that's that's when they started infusing all the money. They started printing 23 percent of the dollar bills that have ever been yeah. or 23 percent of the money that's ever been created. They they put in this year, starting in last year, starting in March. And that's when I just, I, I was so divorced from, it was so divorced from reality. I just, I jumped, I, I bailed. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. My brain couldn't handle it. Also, I lost money, so I don't want to lose more money. So anyway, but this dude in September, he figures out, hey, there are more shorts of GameStop stocks by these two hedge funds than exist right. in it was life. Like 140%. At all. 
they had short they had this so shorts are when you borrow against the stock because you think it's going to be down and then you can sell it for the price that you borrowed against it and you make a profit for the in-between right you you buy it at the lower price later on and repay the loan that was based on the higher price of the stock which is great because if you're a hedge fund a hedgy you get this this short you short it then you get one of your PR guys to go out and say, hey, I'm from blah, 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 and I think GameStop is done. The COVID virus is going to kill it. It's all over for them. They're the worst. Sell this stock. That's my feeling. I'm selling it this morning anyway. You know, I would recommend blah, blah, blah. So then everybody sells it, right? And it drops the price. And they win because they manually drop the price by shorting it and then sending someone out to do all this stuff to do. So they did that with GameStop, but they overplayed their hand 140%. That's illegal. You cannot short more shares than actually exist. <laughs> and so at the beginning of this year, early January, everybody on Wall Street bets goes back to the guy who said, Hey, by the way, they're gonna, you know, we'll see come January of next year when and it's it's great. In the in in the post history, there's some like one of the most awarded and upvoted posts. From this dude's analysis from September, it was like, yeah, right. You're going to lose. GameStop's done, blah, blah, blah. And like all the, everybody's awarded. Like, you're an idiot. You're, you're a retard. Uh, and right, right below that, he just says, we'll see January 2021. Well, now we see. What ended up happening beginning of the month is this dude resurfaces and somebody po- or somebody like remembers like, hey, what's up with that GameStop guy? Remember that? That was supposed to happen now. And lo and behold, GameStop had shot up. Mm-hmm. And the dude from Chewy got in on it as well. Uh, he was the guy who bought PetSmart, I think, and turned it into Chewy. Uh, he was in it. Ryan Cohen, I think is his name. Um, and he held on to his shares. And so this guy also said, hey, these shares are going to go up. You know, the my, my calls are all going to go up. I'm going to make some money. Things are going to be great. And then they start looking at, oh, yeah, this is the guy that said there was more shorts in existence than there would be. And then somebody made a post like, hey, if there's more shorts in existence, they're going to have to cover these, meaning that they're going to have to buy them all back. So it doesn't matter what the price is. They've driven it down. Now it's up. If we continue to buy this stock, it'll raise the price and it's going to cause them to have to buy all of those shares back at whatever price we want. And all these beautiful autists, as they call themselves, (laughs) started buying it. And mm-hmm. they they almost hit five hundred dollars with this stock. It yeah. shot to the moon. And here's what we're thinking: Dave Portnoy, yeah, yeah, everybody was on it. So here's what they're thinking: They're saying, "Well, we'll just keep buying this stock, and we'll hold it, and that way, eventually, because there's no expiration on shorts, eventually they're still going to have to pay us." For the shorts, because they have to buy the shares from the public. And if everybody buys and doesn't sell them at the high prices, they're going to have to buy them at whatever rate people decide that they want. And that rate could be astronomical. We're talking Mm -hmm. thousands of dollars per share. Because if there are none on the market to buy, because they've all been purchased and held by somebody else, they're going to have to buy them back. And at that point, they pretty much name their price. Now, what ended up happening is, this is pretty simple, pretty straightforward. If you follow me so far, then you're, you're all the way there. But what ended up happening next 
is insane. <laughs> Robinhood, the preferred way that all of us retarded traders trade <laughs> from because we don't know what the heck we're doing and we hey, we all have a smartphone that we're addicted to, so why not do that? Decides that they're no longer going to sell GameStop shares. You can't buy them through here anymore, but you can sell them. Well, th- this is one other thing. I, I mentioned Portnoy. He, yeah. he was all in Elon Musk, too. Mm. Elon Musk yeah. is posting like, because, you know, they were doing GameStop and he... I don't know if he posted anything directly about GameStop, but then they were oh, also no, doing... Oh, no, he did. His exact post was Game Stonk, S-T-O-N-K. Oh, yeah, that's right. Game and I'm going to tell, right, tell you right now, having been in the Wall Street Bets community for the last three or four years, Elon Musk is a god in that, yeah. <laughs> in that forum because he makes people money. Tesla is an insane stock. Oh, yeah. And it, it's known in Same Wall Street thing, Bets. Because the shorts had to cover. Because they they had the shorts up. had to cover. Exactly. It's known in Wall Street Bets to, to buy puts against Elon, to bet against Elon is death. Don't do it. They love the guy. So all he t- tweets out is game stonks. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, everybody starts buying. And the, what happens next is bizarre. Robin Hood says, no, we're not going to sell it. TD Ameritrade apparently wouldn't let you buy uncovered calls, which is they let you still buy the stock, but you couldn't buy uncovered calls, which was weird. Google starts removing all the negative reviews of Robin Hood on the Google store. 100,000 of them. All kinds of weird stuff starts happening to keep the little man from buying up the stock. Because guess what? This is America, and this is Wall Street, and the game's rigged. The little it's guy rigged. can't win. The, ba- the so, big hedge funds have to win. But the big thing with Robin Hood is you couldn't buy, but you could sell. Yes. You could sell your shares, which leads to the point which, that they, there is someone out there who needs to buy all the shares back to cover their losses. Which, you know, I've seen... St- you know, stock market crashes in situations where they stock halt trading trade. halted. But stock I, trading halted. I have yes. never seen no. No. like you can sell, but you can't buy. No, it's not. It's never. It's never. No, that's not a thing. So I can I can tell you right now. I follow this crap. Funko last year, March. No, Funko last year, January. The stock was halted and there was an SEC investigation launched because some sort of information leaked out pre uh, 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 annual or, or quarterly revenue mm-hmm. um, statement and it leaked out pre and so it's everybody sold and the stock dropped like a freaking rock like boom SEC comes in we're into investigation stock halted no buying no selling it's all over like mm-hmm. that was it for the rest of that day to not be able to buy, but also just then to be able to sell. And there's reports of people. You got to remember, Robinhood is totally for the poor man who's addicted to a smartphone. <laughs> you can buy a quarter of a stock. If you have $1, you can buy $1 worth of a stock. Fractional shares. They actually do that in Robinhood. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who said that they had fractional shares of GameStop that were for, that like, like they logged in. And it was like, we sold. This is what we sold it for. Mm-hmm. And that's weird. So anyway, just going down the rabbit hole. Basically, these people in this subreddit <clears throat> have started a bit of a movement, <laughs> which is we're not selling. We're buying GameStop. It's time some of these hedge funds finally pay. And 
I have cool feelings about this. I think it's awesome. I was talking to my wife about it. She's like, it's awesome. Can the little guy win something? I have great feelings about all this. I hope the hedge funds have to pay. I hope they have to pay out. I hope all the people who bought GameStop get to, you know, get paid out in huge amounts. I hope there is what they call a short squeeze where the price gets inflated out of nowhere and just shoots up like a rocket. I think mm-hmm. the last real short squeeze we had was Volkswagen right before it went, uh, the uh, the whole diesel scandal. It was a short squeeze where the shorters had to buy back the shares and whoosh, shot up to, like mm-hmm. really high. So I hope all that happens. But I have a really weird feeling about this one. I think it's possible, and I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's possible that they're going to use this as an excuse and blame this subreddit for crashing mm-hmm. the Wall Street economy, crashing the national, the, the Wall Street, for crashing Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Because Wall Street has equity problems, and it's all a Ponzi scheme. They bought more shorts than existed. That's not the only time. This is the only time they're caught. So this sort of thing, I think, is happening throughout. And the hedge funds have already started to pool money to help this hedge fund to survive this. Right. But they- I think if this short squeeze well, really goes through, we well, could I mean, see it's it already dropped like it, a rock, right? I mean, what oh is it no, mean? no, it's ninety bucks. It's ninety bucks. Yeah, it went ninety-two dollars and eighty cents. But who's keeping track? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it went from um, like it was five dollars at the beginning of this year, ah, ten, twelve, but. The, the calls that he bought in September were for $12. He bet that it would go over 12 So it was mm-hmm. well under $12 when he bought it. Right. And we hit 460 I think. 480 was the highest. Yeah. And then back now it's all the way back down to... But here's the thing. They're not selling. The true committed uh, you know, Wall Street bets people that are in there, the ones that are buying... If you guys see billboards out there that says GameStop and they say diamond hands diamond hands means I don't sell I'm not selling I'm holding mm-hmm. those people are all going to plan to hold and that's the it doesn't matter how low it gets they're not they're not selling right in the next two three weeks we're going to see some interesting things happen so uh, I just did you I just see read, so, so, so the so guy the, who posted in September, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up and, and get the next question. But the, the guy who posted in September, his name is Deep Effing Value. This <laughs> is Reddit name, but I guess he has an actual name. He made it to Wall Street Journal, did an article about him. He did his daily post. Here's the current state of my calls. And by the way, this dude is nuts. Like he is truly a member of this community. His calls at one point when they, when they hit 480 or 460 – Almost worth a mil- like $50 million. I think it was 48 mm-hmm. point something million dollars. Right now, it's dropped all the way to $22 million. This is a guy who originally invested $58,000. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he's held through $33 million of loss. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, no, somewhere in that 30, 30 range, uh, yeah. million dollars of loss. And now he just he posted his screenshot today, which he posts once a day, every day. He says, here's the current state of my, th-, and he does a screenshot of his account, puts it up on, on Reddit and says, going to lay off the social media posts for a while now. And then guess what? Maxine Waters has questions. Maxine Waters has, has asking him and uh, this Vlad, the head of Robinhood, and they're all going to come in and testify. And the SEC is going to go after the retail investors. Mm-hmm. 
Instead of the hedge funds who have shorted more stocks than exist, that's where they're bred. Yeah, the, the, the hedge fund guys that uh, got on CNBC at the beginning of COVID and said, Hilton Hotels is going to zero. It's all over. And meanwhile, they not only had shorts on Hilton Hotels to make a bunch of money that way, then they bought a bunch of longs on Hilton Hotels after they drove the stock down and made like $2 billion off the deal. Yeah. And um, there were several you know, people who did that crap. Oh, it's absolutely seven. ridiculous. And it's kind of when I stopped, too. I was like, oh my gosh, the game is so rigged. How could I ever think <laughs> that win? Yeah. Well, um, but uh, the new uh, press secretary for the Biden administration, Jen, Jen Saki, her uh, brother. Her brother is, is involved with the hedge fund that they were trying to take down. Her brother is one of the uh, traders at Citadel. At Citadel, yeah. Who is one of the hedge funds who had bet against GameStop? Yeah. And they deleted that, by the way, from her Wikipedia page later in the week. Mm. This whole they thing in, they haven't denied it. Reeks. No, they haven't denied it, but they deleted it from her Wikipedia page, edited it, and locked her page. Yeah. So this whole thing reeks because Robinhood, people with it, so get this, Robinhood is a tech, Silicon Valley tech company, right? It's just these guys who basically, they were using other fun, other uh, trading platforms, but they had this super shiny graphics, you know, it's just, it's a, it's right. awesome. It basically looks like a game. I'm playing a game. I'm trying to make money. It's awesome. Um <laughs> They basically have traders on the floor, right? Correct. Yeah. They they use other traders. Yes, exactly. So here's the deal. Silicon Valley, though. Guess who's at Silicon Valley? Redditors. People who are on Reddit. People who are probably in Wall Street bets. People who are sympathetic to people who are going up against hedge funds and getting their butts kicked. Mm-hmm. And they have all come out and, and like several insiders from within Reddit have, or excuse me, from within Robinhood have said, hey, this is messed up. I can't believe they're doing this. Hey, there was actually pressure, pressure from the White House yep, for yep. us to stop selling that, which would make sense if Jen Psaki calls over there. Hey, you know, if you guys could just do this little thing. <laughs> and it actually leaked out. Get this. This is the most this this shows. I believe this to be true because it's too stupid not to be true. No one would make this up, but apparently from within the company, there was a meeting about all of the people who worked for Robinhood who were upset with, about the moves of limiting GameStop purchases. And those people that were upset were given a DoorDash gift certificate for $40 so they could get oh. food delivered to them for their lunch, <laughs> which is just too stupid to be made up. That yeah. sounds 100% believable. Ah, just give them some lunch. They'll be fine. Who cares? And it's... I'm off, dude. So I deleted PayPal. It was bought by China. I deleted Venmo. It was owned by PayPal. I have closed my Robinhood account because that's a joke. That's not free trading. That's, you know, these are people in line. Also, just real quick, what Robinhood was doing is they were selling data from what their yes. users were buying yes. back to the hedge phones. Yes. So it's kind of like, you know, you you process these trades for us cheaply and give us a good deal, and we'll tell you what the kids are into. Yep. 
and the you know there, it also wasn't like truly real time which uh, you know oh it's you know commission free but oh you didn't quite get the price that you thought you were going to get you know that, that sort of thing sure it wasn't it what the lag wasn't too bad but yeah no one of the issues that they constantly had though was like on heavy trading days it would freeze which is a problem mm-hmm. there was people who had sued over that and anyway i used this this program most of the kids who invest in the stock market who are our age have robin hood it's robin hood that they use robin hood is the way to go um that is what everybody's doing but i'm done i'm i've i withdrew my i withdrew my account the money that was in there sold the stock that i had and then i didn't know you could actually transfer i'm an idiot i totally should have just transferred to the, another brokerage i guess you could transfer your shares to that <laughs> excuse me i had no idea how to do that so i sold my shares and uh I'm waiting for the ability to be able to deactivate my account. Something I've been doing a lot lately, but yeah. I'm my phone is I'm, I'm getting down to this basic apps. Like it's just <laughs> none of the extra stuff, just basic apps because yeah, I'm out of Robin hood. I'm going to go to an actual trader. I won't say which one, cause it's not like this place is a advertisement for different traders or whatever, but it, it, it uh, anyway, it's interesting. I have a, a weird feeling, though. I hope it's wrong. I, I'm sure it is. But I just, I don't know. I get the weird feeling like maybe the whole thing's going to come crashing down. One thing that, well, that, one that, 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 that kind of nags at me is asymmetric warfare coming from China is kind of the theme for me in 2020. <laughs> yeah. And guess who owns Reddit? The Chiners. Mm-hmm. So well, did this and, thing start organically? And, yes, I would say it did. But is it being perpetuated by interest within well, Reddit? We went from 200,000 subscribers to 8 million in Wall Street bets. Mm-hmm. A couple things, though. Uh, did you happen to see the video of the Chinese? Uh, he's like a professor, but he was talking about how you know, it was been kind of tough for a few years, but our our strong connection to Wall Street is is still there. And now we we have a friend in the White House with Joe Biden. You remember that clip? I vaguely. So the, everyone, you know, the the conservatives and Fox News made it all about Biden. Like, oh, he likes Biden. See, but if you listen to what he actually said in the longer version. It's like, oh, yeah, basically we run Wall Street or, you know, we're in cahoots. They're our friends type deal. Yeah. And um, so there's that angle. And then also, what's your take on the the silver squeeze thing? So so here's what happened. And I was into this because here's a here. Oh, gosh. How how long do I have? Silver (laughs) has been manipulated from. As long as I can remember. Silver actually hit mm-hmm. 60-something dollars, I think, in 2011, 2012. And then it was dropped right back down. I think oh. it's absolutely manipulated. But it is notoriously hard to... It's it's a Pandora's box. So my immediate thought was, silver, let's do this. It's manipulated. Let's figure it out. Let's, let's bring them all down. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Turns out Citadel had calls and puts on the price of silver. Citadel was the one who was putting this out. Well, in... so get this. Okay, everybody starts buying. How many, how many puts did they have, though? I had a decent amount. 
I can. Well, that's pull a, it that's up. the thing because I saw. So this is what I saw, and you you correct me. Yes, sir. So I saw the same people that have been pushing GameStop and what have you, the same mm-hmm. Twitter accounts, because that's where it, I was following it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're now saying silver squeeze, silver, and you know. The being the investment genius that I am, <laughs> I I remember buying silver when Max Kaiser was saying, "Buy silver, crash J.P. Morgan. They have to cover their shorts." I remember that. Okay, um, and I listened to that, and I bought fifty dollars silver. You know, did the genius that I that I am? Did I listen to Max Kaiser when he was saying buy Bitcoin at a dollar? No. Oh. No. Um, I remember talking someone out of doing Bitcoin when it was 20 cents. <laughs> yeah, uh, so sick. All right. That's, uh, you know, I didn't have a smartphone for a long time. That's part of my excuse for not buying Bitcoin. Mm. Um, anyway. So I, I saw, you know, some of the same accounts uh, pushing the silver squeeze. And then... You know, that starts taking off, and then it's like, oh, no, no, see, Citadel really has, is long silver, and they're, and it's, and what I'm thinking when I'm seeing that is like, okay, yeah, they've got long positions, they're a hedge fund, but how many shorts do they have? Right. Because, you know, from, I know that there are a ton of silver shorts out there, and that's how they manipulate the price, uh, and oh, keep yeah. it down way lower it's, than it should be you know it's so but, low it's artificially low so historically silver and gold stay within a certain time uh, within a certain it's uh, like 15 value. to 1 usually or yeah but right now we're at what 1000 to 1 uh not that high no. probably 300 to 1 also well, if we say silver's thirty bucks a share, it's a little less, and yeah. gold's eighteen or a share an ounce, eighteen hundred an ounce. Um, yeah, sixty times. Sixty times. Okay, there you go. So, Goldman Sachs says it's impossible for retail traders to short squeeze silver. There's become a bunch of, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with silver. But it felt like this whole silver thing was being floated by the media. CNBC was saying, they're running up GameStop, and now they're now they're uh, moving to silver. But yeah. within Wall Street Bets, everybody just kept saying, do not buy silver. You're working against GameStop if you do that. Citadel holds uh, puts and, and calls on both ends of this, and you're basically working in their favor. No one should be buying it. And meanwhile, they keep saying the same thing outside. The price of silver hits an eight-year high this week, all because Wall Street mm-hmm. bets ran it up. They're pushing right. the price of silver. Things must be going right. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with the silver. I, I feel like that was uh, trying to get Can, people to, to take. They're, hey, look, they're they're attacking idiots like me, and they're just trying to get me distracted. <gasps> silver, it's shiny. I'll check it out. <laughs> well, I'd, you know intuitively i tend to think that uh silver is a better investment than stock in a company that won't exist in a few years 
you know, I, I, no one seems crazy and illogical. But, uh, you know, I mean, still, they betrayed not Jesus with zero. <laughs> Jesus was betrayed with 30 pieces of it. I mean, they were, yeah. they were, they, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Jesus was not betrayed for 30 stocks of GameStop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Judas was given 30 GameStop stocks. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's a it's a legend. It's a legendary. It's a 2000 year old form of currency. You'd think that I have silver. I have some. I made money on silver. I got some in 2008 when it was like 13 bucks. Mm -hmm. And as it I didn't sell at the top, but I sold on the way up for sure. I was like, I'll start selling some of these because, yeah, it's artificial. I I bought a, a little bit last spring when it was 12 bucks again. You know, good for you. Yeah, and this is not financial advice. (laughs) Like it's quite obvious. We should be. You know, I'll say it just in case you don't know. This is very not good financial advice. Andrew makes horrible business decisions every time he tries. Yeah, and I have lost money on meme stocks on a B on a completely fake internet or a fake app based trading platform so <laughs> nobody listen to us as a matter of fact if we talk about anything financial just maybe just skip skip ahead just invest in a time machine and go back and buy bitcoin at 20 cents yeah 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 that was the move unfortunately so uh i guess that's it for the diamond hands and uh the billboards and the i mean my brother is into it i'm into it i think you yeah. Anyway, it's 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 interesting. We'll we'll see how this goes. I am a little bit worried. China's interest, you know, asymmetric warfare. Is this the the uh, the Chinese at work well, again? You know, it's at the very least, it's it's an excuse for government to get involved when we don't want them involved. Like the thing is, they're inter- they're going to interpret this as, oh, we need more regulation. No, you needed less regulation. You needed to let people talk to each other. Yes. Stay out of the way and tell the hedge funds, you know, investment involves risk, including yeah. the risk of the loss of principal. A hundred percent. A bunch of redditors getting together and saying, we're all going to buy this stock to drive it up. And you and deal with the risk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was the price you paid when you overpaid. When you overplayed your hand, you got too yeah. greedy. Hey, investment includes risks. And there's nothing we can do if a bunch of redditors get together and legally buy a stock. There's no laws being broken with that. But they're, you know, they're what? Even, even, even the most. OK, so get this. The Trump hating lefty supporting guy I lost one hundred dollars to about this stupid election <laughs> even is a game is a is a is a is a Wall Street bets guy. And even he messaged me and says, you know, I was listening to New York Times daily briefing. And it, this today it was about GameStop. And he was like, it was kind of disturbing to hear them not even talk about the short positions of the hedge funds. And I was mm. like, yes, you idiots! Now you see, like, right. it's just, <laughs> because, and then that, and, and and just in case you need to see, just just take a step back, okay? Everything Tim says is nuts. Everything you hear about Wall Street bets is nuts. GameStop, who cares? It's a company that's going to die eventually. I want you to take a step back and tell me, riddle me this, Batman. Why do they try to say that Trumpists, how Trumpism explains mm-hmm. the GameStop surge, right? And how 
right-wing radicals were leading each other. Go to that. Go to Wall Street bets. Other than people calling each other retarded or stupid, there's no right. Right-wing is a hilarious thing to say. It's all people degenerates. They call themselves betting on mm-hmm. stocks to try and make money. Well, and you so know, st- take a step back. If they say it's Trump's fault, okay, yeah. that's weird. And then they start saying it's right-wing radicals' faults. They don't like these people. They are trying to demonize these people in your mind for the inevitable. Well, and there's a, another element, and again, it's both liberals and conservatives and people who don't care either way. You've got the um, DFS, you know, the Daily Fantasy Sports crowd. That uh, some of them, they came to DFS from online poker and kind of as an accident in a lot of cases, uh, they ended up with a lot of Bitcoin because it was a way to to do online gambling without uh, without getting caught. And then all of a sudden, oh, wow, you know, the gambling's not going so well, but Bitcoin's worth a lot more. Um and so you've got this whole crowd, and, and someone's like, it's kind of coincidental that this whole GameStop thing happened right after, you know, with the NFL season winding down and no <laughs> no football to, to bet on for a while. And then yeah. everyone's just like, oh, I'll go plow some money into this. It sounds fun. Yeah. But, yeah. And let me just read something real quick, just to kind of give people at home who, who probably still don't even know what the world I'm talking about an, an idea of kind of where these people are coming from. This is posted to Reddit. Uh, this is, and this is one of many, there was an open letter to Melvin capital, which was amazing. I think I'll put it in the show notes, but this guy posted this, this is for you, dad. I remember the housing collapse sent a torpedo through my family. My father's concrete company collapsed almost overnight. My father lost his home. My uncle lost his home. I remember my brother helping my father count pocket change on our kitchen table. That was all the money he had left in the world. While this was happening in my home, I saw hedge funders literally drinking champagne as they looked down on the Occupy Wall Street protests. I will never forget that. My father never recovered from that blow. He fell deeper and deeper into alcoholism and is exists now as a shell of his former self waiting for death. This is all the money I have, and I'd rather lose it than give them what they need to destroy me. Taking from me won't hurt me because I don't value it at all. I'll burn it all down just to spite them. This is for you, Dad. This, these are the people who are putting all their money into GameStop. Right. These are the people who are upset. The the older millennials, the younger millennials, the people who feel ripped off, people who who have grown up in a post 9/11 world, who have watched the 2008 crisis, they're looking down the barrel of a pandemic, and they're mad. They're saddled with student loan debt. They've tried to do everything the way they were supposed to do, and they're still getting screwed over. Yeah. And now they're they've found a way, and they're mad, and they're going to try and use it. This is it. This is this is what it's all for, just to try to just to try to stick it in the eye, try to bankrupt a hedge fund on the way. Because why not? People, you know, people talking about I'm going to, you know, live off of you know the credit card and put all my money into this. People are upset, and I think we, that's one of the that's one of the themes of this, and that's one of the themes of what we saw with the the uh, storming of the Capitol movement. People, and you and I have kind of talked about it, and you've been kind of coaching me on like, you know, 
hedge fundies and Wall Street types are even more insulated than politicians. But these nobody really they don't understand how mad people really are. Yeah, I I don't think they do, and I I think they're, um, you know, there's there's always levels, right? And there's levels above the hedge funds <laughs> that it would rather let people uh, get mad at the hedge funds than find out the whole story. And same thing with politicians. You know, there's levels above the politicians that are uh, willing to use some blackmailed, expendable, expendable politicians uh, to make sure people don't don't ask too many questions there. Like, that their anger is focused on some level lower down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's the deal. I think that um, there's a very good possibility, and I read one of these, uh, and it'll be, yeah, it's right here. There's a, I'll put this in the show notes. But uh, the real reason Wall Street Bets is terrified of the GameStop situation. Uh, I've been following this since mid-September. I, I no, can't... the real reason Wall Street is terrified of that. I'm sorry. The real, real reason Wall Street is terrified of the situation. Uh, it's a long post. It's late, late in the show. We need to get out of here. But uh, basically, he goes on to explain that he thinks that all of the current uh, stocks available are held by retail investors already. In which case, the people who are manufacturing, uh, or uh, let me get into this. Here's my hypothesis. I think the hedge funds, clearinghouses, and DTC executed and coordinated an effort to put GameStop out of business by conspiracy, conspiring to create a gargantuan number of counterfeit shares of GameStop. Possibly 100 to 200% or more of the shares originally issued by GameStop. In the process, they have accidentally created a bomb that could blow up the entire financial market as we know it. And we're seeing their efforts to cover this up unfold now. What is the bomb? I believe retail investors uh, may own more than 100% of GameStop. Not just 100% of the float, more than 100% of the actual company. This would be definitive proof of illegal activity at the highest levels of the financial system. For you to follow this argument, you need to go to the white paper, blah, 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 blah. This completely explains why so many levels of the financial system seem to be actively trying to get in the way of retail investors continuing to purchase more GameStop. It's not just about a short squeeze. It's about the firm's very existence and their own personal freedom. We have the opportunity to put these people in jail by proving that 100% of more than 100% of the shares exist. There are currently 71 million shares of GameStop that have ever been issued to the company. Institutions have reported the SEC filings and that they own more than 102 million shares, hmm. including the 13% of GameStop is owned by Ryan Cohen. Now, I don't mo- know the delay variance of these ownership numbers, but I think it's a pretty solid argument that close to 100% of GameStop is owned by these firms, if not more. Moreover, there are now more than 7 million people subscribed to Wall Street Bets. Lots of people on here are sitting on a few hundred shares that they brought back when it was under 50 bucks. Some are even holding in the thousands. The average number of shares owned by each subscriber is even close to 5 to 10. We have a very good shot at owning 
a similarly enormous amount of GameStop. Even if the average number was just 10 shares per subscriber, that puts the minimum retail position at about 30 to 50% of, of the entire company. GameStop has been on the New York Stock Exchange threshold list for over a month. We still don't have January's data yet, but I just analyzed the data from the SEC's failed to deliver list in, 20, in December, and it totaled up to the number of shares that were essentially clearly counterfeit. For comparison, I did the same for a couple random tickers, and most companies have close to no shares show up, not show up. Of those that do, it's a relatively small number of shares. For instance, two random companies, Lowe's, uh, had 13,960 shares failed to deliver at the highest point that month. Boston Beer Company had 295 share, shares failed to deliver. How many shares of GameStop failed to deliver? 1,787,191, oh, wow. as the white paper points out. The true number of counterfeit shares could be 20 times this number. How bad do you think that number will be when we get our numbers for January? I'm willing to bet it's many times that. Look at how the number compares to other companies' stocks. This histogram shows the number of shares that weren't delivered in December. It's a giant red line that goes straight up. I think this explains that all the, sh the shenanigans over the last couple days. There's way too many counterfeit GameStop shares out there for uh, out there in DTC, the clearinghouse, and the hedge funds are all in it. That's why there's been such a coordinated effort to, develop, to disrupt your ability to buy shares. No real shares can be found, and that's the, about to cause the system to fall apart. Too long, didn't read. We probably own way more GameStop than we think, and it's Wall Street is freaking out because it could prove that they've been up to some extremely illegal stuff, and the whole system could implode as a result. Hmm. Or not. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe that guy's wrong, or we're just a bunch of... <laughs> but i believe these people i believe these people who call themselves idiots and go in there and dig into the data and report back and try to make money for themselves and more than i believe wall street more than i believe politicians more than i believe tech companies more than i believe you know right i mean yeah <laughs> anyway yeah. It should it should be interesting. We live in a wonderful time. It's a wonderful time in a lot of ways. It's that uh, we live in a time where, you know, there's still a possibility to resist. Hashtag resist. <laughs> I should get a bumper yeah. sticker. Resist technology. Jockey Lul. Yeah. Don't take the vaccine and just to let them know you're not going to take the vaccine, you probably shouldn't wear the mask either. <laughs> there you go you know i i was offered the vaccine the other day and i said to myself self do you want to take this and i was like you know <laughs> i can't in good conscience take this vaccine and there are so many other people over 60 <laughs> who are at much greater risk of danger than i am yeah from the vaccine from the vaccine and from other things also i'm allergic to eggs yeah can we and abortive fetal cells What's that guy's name? The hero uh, pharmacist who took the whole batch of the Moderna vaccine and left it out to spoil it. <laughs> You're calling this guy a hero? Man, they're he's trying a to hero. Kill that guy. <laughs> you think oh, he's a hero? Lock him up. Yeah, he's a hero. <laughs> I mean, he probably saved he probably saved three or four lives with that one one batch. Oh, they, that 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 story is just going nowhere fast. They're just gonna keep showing that dude's face. Look at this crazy. He was a Q. You didn't see the new thing? I think he's been called QAnon. You know it's all over when you're called QAnon. Oh no, yeah. 
Yeah. Huh. But wait a second. Trump did nothing but push the vaccine, and the right. QAnon's a bunch of Trumpers. Oh, strange. I still think the best, the, the, it might actually be the best moment of his entire presidency is when that silly rigged supposed debate happened with the, the weird girl from NBC Mornings or ABC Mornings with the weird smile. She <laughs> says, your followers believe that there's a satanic cult of people-eating children and you're here to stop all of that. And he's like, so that's a bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, do they, but they like me. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like I don't a know. Good I thing. don't know much about the QAnons. <laughs> I don't know much about the QAnons. They seem like good people. I don't know, but uh, some people say even great people. I don't know too much about them, but I know they like me. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, we're looking into that. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I, we didn't get into it, and I don't want to get into it now. But the Patrick Byrne uh, story of the the meeting with him and Sidney Powell and Mike and Flynn and then the uh, president's lawyers and then his whole experience working with uh, Giuliani and stuff. That's something else, man. It's, yeah. I'm going to have to read that. I actually haven't had a chance to get to it. So uh, I got some reading to do and less, less Twitter, more reading is my new, my new motto. So yeah. I will I will read through that as well as try to read other things as well. Uh, long long show. We continue to just rant and rave. I, for hours I, of time. I got a a book off of uh, one of James Corbett's must read lists: uh, Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler. Oh, really? So yeah. So if you if you want to read that after I'm done, I can mail that up to you. Yeah. Uh, purchased You'll never see it again. Purchased not from Amazon. Oh. No, I I did not violate my boycotting Amazon thing. And by the way, um, for all you dozens of people out there uh, looking to purchase my book, no longer available on Amazon. So you're going to have to call me and figure out a way to click on the contact this. tab on revelationsradionews.com. Send me an email with your address if you want to. Send an email. Exactly. And then we could figure out how to get payment. We may get a P.O. box or something like that. I should actually go in and delete the support tab because that links to a PayPal account that does not exist anymore. (laughs) There you go. So do not support that. We'll we'll have to figure a different way to do it. Uh, Amazon. So about Amazon, just wanted to give everybody a helpful tip real quick. Go on Amazon. Find the things that you want. Stop. Look at the company's name. Type it, <laughs> company's name into the uh, search bar of a browser. Go to their website. Buy the item. The end. Uh, super helpful tip. Also, if you delete Amazon from your phone, like it's so convenient. You can just say, hey, I just need to get that. Less money spent. It's pretty good. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Less money spent. It was one of the unexpected uh, consequences of deleting Amazon from my phone. Wait. I haven't bought anything on Amazon. Not only have I not bought anything, but I have more money. That's nice. <laughs> what a deal. Do you have any words of wisdom for us today, Andrew? Oh, man. No, I think we we ranted uh, through some good advice, I'd have to say. 
Oh, bad okay. financial advice, but good life advice. <laughs> De- <laughs> Definitely bad financial advice. Delete, delete apps and get outside. There you yeah, go. Amen. Amen. Wait, I didn't see this. Are you kidding me? You just put this in here. Biden's pick for unemployment program lost $600 million to Nigerian scammers. President Biden is showing growing, excuse me, facing growing questions about the appointment of a Democratic donor to oversee billions of dollars in unemployment benefits, despite her role as a state agency that lost millions of coronavirus. Yeah, your state, man. Susie Levine departed Washington State's Employment Security (laughs) Department last March, leaving behind a trail of audits and questions of how six hundred million dollars of unemployment funds could be siphoned off by cyber criminals dude that was a money laundering scheme and i'm actually convinced that the clintons are in on it and i have no proof of that but i've read a bunch of stuff that is ancillary and tangential to that that was the biggest scam there were so many people i would talk to people on a day-to-day basis back in march and april Mm -hmm. Like, hey, are you on unemployment? Yeah, I went to file, and apparently I already filed, and I've been making claims, but I don't know where the money's going. <laughs> yeah. Lots of people. Lots of people. This state lost $600 million. That was a huge money laundering scheme. Huge. And like I said, tangentially related to the Clintons, like through a couple different foundations. Uh, there was a Twitter, Twitter rabbit hole I kind of went down looking at this, looking at that. And... Uh, yeah, Raz. Remember Raz, the the drug lord that took over the Chaz. Well, the, there's been a, a bunch of tweets. Uh, or, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're yeah, a bunch of screenshots. Right. He was on the government payroll, and he was yep. yep, yep. He was on the government payroll here in Seattle, and he was getting messages from him. Like, yep. <laughs> he defended during during that whole thing. Yep. He was. They were texting back and forth. The police chief and the leader of the. The uh, the Chaz were texting back and forth. Yeah. Really, really put that in your pipe and smoke it, ladies and gentlemen. That is what's going on here. And uh, I that whole thing that all oh, that unemployment thing bothers well, me so California, much. California, there were there were rappers ma- putting in music videos about how they're scamming the, the unemployment and the the you know showing all the money they got from it, and then they actually had and that guy got arrested but um no it's it's a huge scam and it it shows that it probably was something not just her being uh incompetent or dumb because it's like oh let's get her over the whole country she did just a good job in washington just in case there was any doubt yeah that that it was a scam and that there wasn't an inside job that fed money back to government wouldn't the ultimate thing that would prove that it was be that she was appointed by the Biden administration to be in charge of everything? Yeah. Like, isn't that pretty much who he has in charge of everything? Yelling for everybody who's done dirt in the past. Hey, did you do dirt with Obama? Come on in. <laughs> Come well- on welcome, back in. Welcome aboard. Yeah. Let's all get back in here. Ugh. Trump fighting the swamp and it's just got his hair sticking up out of the swamp. <laughs> that's it that's it it's gone now he's back to the other swamp florida yeah yeah always damp bugs are bigger <laughs> it's like the basement of the united states i love you <laughs> i love you florida but anyway uh no words of wisdom for us just words of wisdom about uh, what we talked about earlier and not financial advice right yep 
That's it. That's it. If you're still listening, thank you. Yes, if you're still listening, thank you. If you want to support us, click on the the contact tab, not the support tab. That's contact tab. Send us an email, and I'll figure out how to open a P.O. box or something. Until then, we'll just uh, keep doing a little show. We'll continue to uh, resist, hashtag resist, and, you know. We'll see you maybe next week. or We Tim, might see you next week. Tim, maybe not. I may never hear from Tim again if he truly leaves the internet. <laughs> I'm, de- I'm definitely not giving up the internet. That was a little bit ex- excessive, but uh, I'm trying to limit my time. That's for sure. So um, everybody just remember out there that this, you know, the world of actual people is way better than the world of, you know, likes and dislikes and Zuckerbergs and Jacks and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The end. All right. The end. (laughs) I think that's it. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say-